You're listening to the Saturday Morning RPG Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. My name is Jordan with the silent PH in the middle, and I'm uh, joined by no one. So today we're going to have a fun solo show. Um, I kind of got everything set up best I could, so we'll see how well this works. Uh, welcome and thank you. This will be a little different-ish, I guess, uh, just because it's solo. But um, the topic I wanted to talk about today was, um, and I'm trying to keep the chat open. Let me actually move the chat. Let's pop out chat. And then I can move it over here in case uh, all y'all's uh, chats me because, you know, it's like a live thing. Um, and now I need to remember what uh, what it was that the, the name of the thing. <laughs> so uh, I have been reading a lot of uh, Plangea. And there it is. Ryan Holiday. I got to remember this. Note card system. Okay, so I have been reading about the uh, Ryan Holiday note card system. And this, I don't think, was invented by Ryan Holiday. It's actually just a note card system that uh, a lot of people do. But the idea is you read a book um, and you mark it like you put down. And this is, this is any book for like a project or just for fun or things like that. Um, but when you find something cool, you underline it, you highlight it, or you tag it with um, a, a note so that you know this is something that resonated with you or stuck out. And then you're telling your brain, I want to remember it. So I was watching this video and I'm like, that's a really cool idea. I wonder how I can use this for RPGs. And it kind of coincided with me trying to create a Plangea campaign. So now when... I am going through all of my um, Plangea stuff here. I've been reading Plangea and forming a six session ish um, campaign because I want to I want to run something in the world of Plangea, but I'm not entirely sure how long or what. But like I want to experience this more than just kind of like reading about a campaign setting. And so I have my trusty notebook here, and whenever I came across something that I'm like, oh, I could use that, I would write it down in my notebook. And that is fine, uh, fine and dandy, and, and I'm sure lots of people enjoy doing that. Uh, but the idea of writing it on a note card is so at the end of your note card-ness, um, you will have a box full of various note cards and it's a lot easier to flip through those and be like oh yeah and i'll grab one like oh yeah like this idea and then i'm gonna link it up with this idea and then you can kind of arrange them out on um a table and see what connections are making there so it's nothing new um i'll put the youtube video that i saw in the comments um and i'll put it in the chat as well but it's interesting like i thought this was just a really cool idea of doing um of doing a campaign and then after the campaign or even during while you're playing like if something interesting happens like oh my my party decided to name uh they they 
found a random beast and they're really fixated on it. I could like write that down and then later that day go through that note card and be like, how do I link this? But I have all of these other note cards to kind of link to this. Um, and it reminds me of index card RPG uh, in the sense that the word of index cards. So specifically with index card RPG, at the beginning he wrote, why would I call this thing index card RPG? And he's like, index cards have helped me more than any other tool for RPGs, both like design and play and organization and things like that. And so he lists like, this is a magical thing, like the note card, the index card, and you should utilize that. And that got me thinking like, oh my gosh, we should do more of that. So um, hello, welcome, uh, Edie, Edie Carey, Ed Carey. So today... Uh, this is pretty, pretty casual. I don't have like a rock solid aside from going to the wrong button. Um, but I do have, here we are. Here's the desktop that I wanted. So I do have, um, my notion Plangea page and I just copied this. So it has some things that are wrong, like Shadowfell outline because, this is uh, this is not the outline for the Shadowfell. This is the Plangea outline. Um, and I want to erase some of these. So I really like um, I like notion for organization. And if you look at this, like I have things like NPCs and organizations and stuff. And these are copied from uh, Sly Flourish has a notion template that I copied and then I've modified it from there. But it allows me to like make um, session archives and keep notes and stuff. Um, I have scratch pad for various things. Stars and wishes are like, what does um, players want? So players will, you just ask them like, what are your wishes? Um, and what do you want to see kind of a thing? Um, how would you like the game to progress? And some players will tell you, some players won't tell you, um, but they'll go through and say, uh, like, I, not, not like I, I'm, I'm thinking of some of my players where they're like, I want a robe of the archmage. And it's like, well, that's not it. But like, I really want my character to uh, interact with their mother. And it's like, well, who's your mother? And so you start pulling these things and so stuff like that. But again, all of these could be index cards and there's something about physically writing down the the stuff that really helps resonate rather than typing in this. Because even the people that I was watching, they were saying like, hey, this is a really great system. Why don't you put it into OneNote or some other like database software? And then you can cross-reference everything with tags and find it really easy. Um, but we're getting into a type of information surge where forcing you to slow down is sometimes better than having everything at your fingertips all at once. And I think about going through and pulling, um, uh, or I just think about like how overwhelmed we are sometimes with options. And if you say, hey, we're going to have a campaign, but we're only going to be, I'll use the drow in the underdark. We're only going to be drow and we're going to be in the underdark. So you have to play a drow. It's going to be like this. And it's like, okay, well now it's, I, I know I at least have to do this and my, my, I have less options to choose from. And I have a problem to solve. How do I make my drow warlock fit into this world of this rather than just coming at it like a metagamer and being like, all right, I'm picking this because I want a fire breath and I'm picking this and I'm picking this because I want all of this other stuff. Um, it kind of just 
makes sense to do it um or i think it helps players and it helps the gm be like okay what's the problem we have to accomplish and the problem is how do i fit my character into this world for this adventure plangia is fun like that so i started writing um a brief little notebook thing and let me see if i could find it actually I'll pull it over if I can. Well, I, I know where it is, so hang on. Let me find it. Uh, and welcome, Sky. Good morning. Um, I was going to have a guest today, but they uh, did not feel well this morning. And so I opted for them to s get better. <laughs> and they said, okay. So they did that. Um, okay. So this is um, also something I stole from Sly Flourish. And he is a big fan of one-pagers. And so a one-pager is um, something you send to your uh, players and say, hey, players, uh, I want to run this. Let me know what you think. Uh, and it's a way to get them kind of excited for the adventure. I don't know if this resonated well with my players. Um, my players are, I need to get them in like a central chat room or something. None of them are on Discord. I don't like Facebook, but I need to get them together so that we can talk about, you know, things like that. But I said like the theme of it is Plangy is a primal fantasy world. Um, cursed painted cave, uh, yeah, dungeon means cursed painted caves. There aren't taverns of safety. There aren't libraries or kingdoms. There's just survival. So one of the big themes is survival. Um, and then at the black taboos. So Plangia is kept primitive because of these powerful forces known as the hounds of the blind heaven. And um, they will apparently come and devour you if you break one of these. So one of them is writing. If you write, if you create any kind of written word, like that escalates people beyond their primitive self, then the hounds will come and kill you. Um, you're not allowed to count things higher than the number nine. So anything after nine is titled many. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, many. Uh, how many... How many yards away is that? It is many yards. How many? How much time will it take for us to travel over there? Many days. And so you don't get to know, um, you don't get a sense of, of numeric value with things. And then no wheels and no currency. So everything is trade. Now, uh, the interesting thing is I think that the Black Taboos and the Hounds of the Blind Heaven are the real things in Plangea. But I was almost thinking of playing it as that is the superstition that keeps us all in check. So when players are like, or just this idea, like you've always believed this, you don't know, like you've never seen a Hound of Blind Heaven and nobody breaks the rules because why would they? Because they don't want to risk death and you're more... Uh, in t you're more obsessed with your survival than you are with like experimenting with the hounds of the blind heaven. And I don't know, I think that's a kind of a, an interesting idea. And so then I have like your character in the world. Uh, we're going to start in the Great Valley and they're going to be again part of the bear clan, the lion clan, or the ape clan. So um, do I have, yeah, Plangia poster. So 
this is the world of Plangea, and it's like this. I just love this because it's the all the planes of existence kind of like crunched together. When I say planes of existence, really, I mean um, the elemental planes. Coffee break. So the elemental planes. So we have these different like, you know, water, air, empire, um, and then fire. And everybody was in harmony until the Fire Nation attacked. In the center of this, we have the Great Valley. And this is just like a nice little fertile crescent kind of area where um, humans and other uh, creatures have come to live. And so even though we're, we have like the ape clan, the bear clan, and the lion clan, which is kind of like the three great nations, uh, they do work together. They do war sometimes. Uh, but for the most part, survival of your neighbor is also survival for you. Uh, these guys could be competing for resources, but at the same time, everybody's out to, uh, or all the monsters of the world are out to hunt and kill you. So sticking together and having the numbers of, uh, of a herd in a way, like that's what clans are. They're, they're safety. So you want to be part of a clan to be there. And I thought since this is also um, an introductory adventure for me and for the party the great valley is a is a great place but um bum to uh start a clan or start a campaign and so our players will be able to choose do they want to be part of the bear clan the lion clan or the ape clan and that's part of this like um we're gonna be a member of one of the three clans and regardless of what they choose because i think that would make a fun dynamic of like well i'm from the ape clan and i'm from the lion clan and players can try and figure out uh, what that means. Like, what does it mean to be part of the ape clan? And there's actually lots of resources in uh, the book of Plangea that will help us do that. And then they can also come out and then I write more index cards about that. And then we link things together and it's just kind of fun. Um, hunting, crafting, and trading. And then the world of Plangea like this is the universe in its infancy where all of the planes are kind of mashed together. You could literally walk across to the plane of whatever and things like that. Um, and then some extra house rules. So some players who are vintage with 5e might be like, oh, I didn't know that you did that. I want to know, like, what are, what are the rules that are part of this campaign only? And this is fun because if I was running an Eberron game, I might say, everybody gets a free feat at first level because you are like heroes. You're exceptional to the world. This one, I didn't really want to do that, but I liked the idea of sundered shields. So since your shield or weapon specifically, all, both of those things, your equipment is so important in Plangea. There's no metal work. There's no this, like you, you cobble things together with bone um, and stone and things like that. And if somebody like like if you trade your axe you might not be able to get another one and that's a big thing so the idea of sundered shields like when a character is wearing a non-magical shield and they're hit with a melee attack they can choose to have the shield destroyed and take no damage so if you're hit with um like if you get a critical and you're at the end of your life you're like i'm going to die if i take another hit i can choose to have my shield shatter and that's a very you know uh cinematic way of, of doing that and that's a huge sacrifice to lose that shield to lose that extra two ac and things like that so 
Um, I like that. And then Weapon Shatter is another one that when you deal damage with a melee attack weapon, um, using specifically a magical weapon, you can throw all of your ferocity behind it and shatter the weapon against your enemy. And so this is, um, if they ever do find like magical weapons, they can kind of like ignite the magic within it. And the gods will grant magical weapons. Like I think it'll be a little more um, open than I than I think. But then you can uh, destroy, but your weapon becomes a critical hit. And I'm not really sure what I want to do with critical hits. If I want them to be double the dice or max damage plus the damage die, I might do that. I'm not sure. Um, and then blood offering is actually something. F well, weapon shatter and blood offering are from the Plangia setting. And Blood Offering is that you can roll hit dice to uh, hurt yourself. And I also might make this like take a level of exhaustion. I'm not really sure. But as a result, you get a blessing for your next spell, which gives you advantage on the spell. And it also gives you or it gives them disadvantage on the spell. So it kind of makes it like you really want this to hit. Um, Morning RPG uh, DCMA. Uh, with 5e, most classes can do any role if you include subclasses. And that's true. So you can kind of mix and match. With this, for character creation, I wanted to do subclasses that are... Um, well, I left it pretty open. I said Tasha's, Xanathar's, or PHB plus Plangia. But only races from Plangia. So I didn't want to get some weird, you know, I don't know, Eberron races or things like that in there. I don't want everybody being... Uh, changelings, not really sure, but I just like the idea of limiting again to the races. And those are also like the core races. So you can be an, an elf or a dwarf, but you can also be kind of the special races from here. And we'll see what classes they want to play. Like I always think it's really cool to play in, uh, like if I was, if somebody offered a Plangia, I would definitely pick a Plangia sub or character class. Like I would want to play that. Um, but we will see because I'm sure somebody has that, like, I've always wanted to play this, you know, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft character. It's like, well, we can make it work, but yeah. And that was the cool thing about Plangia when he was creating it, um, who's, uh, um, David, uh, Somerville, is that he was listening to, uh, specifically the... Keith Eberron, uh, Keith Eberron, the Keith Baker Eberron podcast, uh, Manifest Zone. And the idea of Eberron is that everything in D&D can work in Eberron, just not how you normally think about it. And I was really inspired with that with Plangia. And I, I feel like Wizards of the Coast, after 2024, the 50th anniversary, I'm wondering if they will move into doing more campaign settings. Because... I'm like, what What else can you do? Like, you have to introduce mechanics that are specifically Eberron mechanics, or you have to introduce things that are specifically Dragonlance mechanics um, to kind of keep the game interesting because so many people will write their own adventures forever for it. Uh, but we all know that was also the downfall of TSR because they, they printed so many Spelljammer stuff or so many Forgotten Realm stuff that consumers were like, well, I really only play in the Forgotten Realms, so I'm never going to buy all of this other Spelljammer stuff or Dragonlance stuff because I just don't care. And that turns into, uh, that just becomes problematic. So, because you're like, what am I going to do? Oh, is that a Breath of the Wild thing? Breath of the Wild Shatter, yeah. 
weapons break due to degradation. Yeah, and I didn't want it necessarily degradation. I wanted it to be like a choice that the players make, but I like that. So we have the Plangea um, one-pager. I sent that. Then we also have um, character resources. So I created this, this page as well, just to be like, here's what your characters can do. We're going to start at third level. Um, characters must be one of the races in the Plangea setting, and that's dwarf, elf, halfling, human, dragonborn, gnome, half-elf, or half-orc, which is actually just orc, but you're using the half-orc stacks. And I guess we could use orc. I don't really care. They're, they're so similar that it doesn't really matter. You can be godmarked, which is tieflings. And I would also use um, the, the angelic side, uh, Azamar, as well on that. So I think you could play a godmarked either as tiefling or Azamar. And I, I'll talk to my, my players about that. But it's the idea that you're somehow, um, you're not, you're, you're, your great-grandfather didn't have a, a dealing with Mephistopheles. Instead, it's more like the, the gods have an interest in you and you're changed somehow. So uh, good morning, Gary. So... Uh, Dreus are tree people. Um, the Hafus I really enjoy because I like oozes. They're stretchy boys. Um, different from the plasmoids, but uh, good. Interesting. Plasmoids would be an interesting one to kind of put in Plangea, but maybe more as a monster. I'm not really sure. Or like a weird race that they don't understand. So, ooze! Um, the Saurian are dinosaur people, and the Starling are like weird star people that fell from the sky and... I don't know, it just reminds me of Neil Gaiman's uh, Stardust. So, and, but could be cool. And the cool thing about this is all of them can be part of the ape clan or the bear clan. Like, they're looking for survival. So it's not so much that they're, I don't know, like all the, all the Saurans are together. Although you could do that very easily. Specifically, those three clans, I think, are mostly human, but they're kind of like, Baldur's Gate, Waterdeep, like there's lots of other people that live there. If you think of a clan as like a kingdom. Um, and yeah, lots of funny things. Elves are from the, the world of Nod, which is kind of like the Feywild Shadowfell aspect of Plangea. And dwarves specifically are, are so set on creating things. Like creation is a form of worship and a form of, of, of who they are. Like it's in their genetics. And so they go around and they'll build these extravagant, like, underground temples and complexes and then just leave. They're not building them to live there. They're just building them to, like, as the, the form of creation is part of who we are. So they build it and leave. And that also kind of allows for a later on setting to be like, why are there so many dungeons in this world? <laughs> so, uh, Grenar, good job. Welcome. Sorry you overslept. It's all good. Uh, backgrounds must be chosen from the Plangea setting book, which I thought would then put them into Plangea. Um, stats are standard array or point by. And then class options, I said player's handbook, Xanathar's, and Tasha's. I don't know if they are interested in anything from that, but yeah. And then third-party character options are Plangea and the Beast Heart from MCDM, because I want to incorporate a monstrous companion. The players specifically... A couple players were just like, well, do we get dinosaur pets? Like, can I ride a dinosaur? And I was like, okay, this is something they're excited about. How can I use that? And I want them to be have a, like a raptor companion or um, a mastodon or something like that that they can run around in. Um, inspirational material, uh, Jindy Tarkovsky's Primal, which is a really great 
TV show uh, piece of art. Like, it's just awesome. Um, I'm going to rewatch it. I ha- I need to watch 10,000 BC, but it was one of the recommended things in here. And so I thought I would give it, give it a shot. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about the Herculoids. That was a show back in the 70s. I remember catching it on Cartoon Network, like Boomerang. And the Herculoids is, uh, I think this is a link to a, a YouTube channel. Yeah. So, well, we, maybe, I, maybe I can watch a little bit of it. I don't know if it'll play. All strong, all brave, all heroes. They're the Herculoids. Yeah, so the Herculoids are a family that uh, was part of Hanna-Barbera's um, how to, uh, just like line of television. And it was like a guy and a girl and the son. And then they had the, they had like a dragon and a rock guy, but it was this weird prehistoric kind of world that they inhabited. Um, and it's a little too sci-fi, I think for my Plangea game, but I still really like it. So um, Far Cry Primal, I think is a great aspect of this where it's, you know, and, and even now that I think about like Horizon Zero Dawn, um, minus the robots, but still that like otherworldly. So I am not heard of quest for fire, but I'll add it. So quest for fire, uh, and, uh, clan of the cave bear. Yeah. I'll have to check those out. Um, and then fire and ice is, I think they have a Kickstarter going on right now. I saw the professor, professor DM was doing a bunch of, uh, promos for their Kickstarter. But um, Fire and Ice is actually a really interesting uh, Ralph Baxke movie or his art style. I think it was the first rotoscoped movie. So, and then I have an art gallery, which is like, uh, this is a lot of images from the Plangia book. And this is just to be like, these are the kind of um, things that I'm thinking of is like giant animals. Um, You have a dinosaur like pack mule um, weird glyph writing on, uh, on, on walls, not writing, I should say, but like pictograms and stuff because writing will get you killed, uh, dinosaur races. And I like that these are feathered so much. I think that's really fun. Um, and this is a really good one that I feel sums up their survival aspect of it, where this, this creature, this elf is, a, is hunting this mammoth, but is also in turn being hunted above. So Princess Mononoke uh really really great too um and then this too just like a bunch of people that's staring at the night sky and there's um long nets running around so super fun so we'll we'll see i i have yet to talk oh and then i said not allowed cleric twilight domain it's broken i hate it there might be some other things that i don't allow i have to go through uh it it might just be it comes up while we play because i haven't ran 5e in a long time um yeah, but like maybe the, I don't know. We'll have to see. So with Plangea, I'm going to try out this new note card system. Um, and I'm going to do this, I think, for a lot of stuff going forward. And if you really, and if you guys missed the beginning of the show, I was talking about um, note cards and index cards and how I, I found this uh, video that I'll, I'll link in the show notes at the end called the Ryan Holiday Note-Taking Method. And Ryan Holiday is an author, and really the whole video pertains to how do you write successfully. And I was thinking about adventures and how do you write adventures. So I was watching this video, like how do I relate this back to 
um, campaign prep and Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. Um, a Forge Cleric creation bard, yeah, maybe. Those are probably on my forbidden list too. Um, and like stunning strike monks, I don't know. <laughs> like there's just little things that bother me a whole bunch uh, that I need to be like, I don't like these, you're not allowed to play them, goodbye. Um, because like, I don't wanna fight you at the table. It's not about like you being the coolest person. Uh, and especially when I have like maybe one min-maxer, but no, everybody else is just like casually playing. Um, so, or, or playing on a theme rather than this is the best thing to like take out the monster, you know? And I, I like, I like that. So I'm going to take this idea of like the things that I'm reading. Oh, and I forgot to mention, um, this book, I'm reading this book called Children of Time and I haven't uh i haven't been good about reading it so i'm still halfway through it because <laughs> i get distracted by other things um but this is a very interesting book on it is uh humanity has tried to create life on another planet and they succeeded but not the way they thought they would succeed and they end up creating hyper intelligent spiders and the spiders communicate so differently and these spiders are like the size of a golden retriever so when humans actually arrive the spiders communicate so differently from the humans that they don't know how to talk to each other and the majority of the book is from the reference of the spider and it's one of those things where like the spiders are not evil but because of how humanity evolved we are innately scared of spiders because they are poisonous or they're venomous. Like they could hurt us. Like our, our instincts are to stay away from those creepy crawlies. And the spiders are just like, we've evolved to never have interacted with humans. We don't know what you are. Um, and then it, uh, the book kind of goes into this whole, like, who's the real monster? Like the thing that looks like the monster or the humans. It's a three part series. I'm only on the first one still, but like, Mm, so good chef kiss really really addicted like i need to finish it it's probably i'll probably read it today because i need to just schedule time to actually read it and i liked that idea for plangia as well what what the the gods are uh not the gods but like what what is asked of you might not be the best thing for the world but it maybe it's the best thing for you is kind of an idea the the reason i said gods is there's a god on the cover here but also the gods are very selfish and controlling so the ape god here he might like be controlling the ape clan and pushing them in a direction that doesn't really benefit the people but benefits him and if it benefits him he will be like well it also benefits you in this way but like who's the real invaders then is it the ape clan are they like, we're just trying to survive we're doing what our god wants but it's like you're being used in a way that was another aspect that I kind of wanted to touch on and we'll see how it works out. Um, but yeah, that's the idea is that they're going to go here. They're going to go down. Oh, uh, I want to talk to you guys about Stone Age Adventures. Um, threats. Is this what I wanted? I have to look at my notes. Oh, yes. So 
there are these creatures called the Kelo Kelodros. Um, I think I'm, I'm yeah Kelo Kelodros. Um, so the Kelodros ascendant, they're kind of like the the Greys from um, Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, Umerica, <laughs> which are aliens like they're the gray big-eyed aliens and uh reading this i don't really like that but they have this thing called the embrace where these weak little gray alien creatures find a stronger creature and they do a ceremony called the embrace where they basically like merge with it or they take on the genetic aspects of it to make themselves stronger and i think there's some pictures here yeah so here's a little like gray guy and then here is that same gray guy after like embracing uh, a bear or a sloth. This is probably like a giant sloth bear thing. Um, and they look weird. They're like, like you could totally human. Uh, what was the, the movie, the fly where they're like half fly, or I'm thinking of uh, the de-evolving episode of Star Trek, the next generation where Barkley is like half spider. <laughs> like they kind of look like that. Um, and I was like, well, I don't know if I really like that aspect, but uh, I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3. And so the idea of the mind flares and the tadpoles came into my idea. And I'm also reading uh, the Monster Overhaul. Uh, sorry, it's down here. You can't see it. But um, which is a monster book for the OSR that is really awesome because it takes regular monsters and then there's a bunch of ways to make them more interesting. One of the things in that book was saying, one of the things uh, in that book was saying is that you could, uh, what happens when you kill this monster? And so when you kill the bear because it was attacking you, you're like, wow, that was a tough fight. And then all of a sudden, um, out of the bear's neck crawls this like worm parasite. And it was actually that parasite that was controlling him. And so that with the mind flare tadpoles got me thinking about having parasites and this creature talking about taking a, uh, taking a campaign setting and make it your own. I want the Keladros to kind of be like baby mind flares in a way. And in this book, they're not necessarily evil. You can kind of talk about them. You can, they could be evil, but they're not like, they're not, I don't know. Evil is so back and forth. Like everything's just trying to survive right now is really what it is. Um, but with specifically, I'm going to have the Kelodros be uh, those parasites or they reproduce by putting these parasites. So my campaign so far is that the three clans, the bear clan, ape clan, and uh, lion clan are getting together to understand what is happening to the herds of dinosaurs. Something's going on with them. They're either acting in a strange behavior or something's going on. And then when they go out and they kind of investigate that, they're going to find, oh, there's these parasites that are inside of them. We don't know where they are. They report back. Then the idea is like, we have to go investigate what's happening there. They start finding these like half changed creatures because of the parasites. And that's the Kelodros. Um, and then the Kelodros discover like, oh, there's like sentient creatures here. We could also absorb them. Um, uh, we have to work against topics. I'm crazy. Yeah, crazy worms controlling people. 
Uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Sultron, uh, the movie slash 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 back. Is that slash slash back or just slash back? That's a good question. So I want to do uh, something like that. And then I just like the idea of, you know, you, they don't have the resources to go understand what this thing is. Like they can cut it open, but they're not going to have... Uh, even in Forgotten Realms, I feel like there's enough medicine that people could be like, oh, yeah, that's a Mind Flare tadpole. Like, I want this to be kind of the unknown. Well, that's a great question, Grenar. If you guys are uh, or a great point, if you guys are are interested in this, um, go to the the Jocular Junction Discord and uh, in the YouTube chat area, post some of these links about like trailers to the movies and stuff that you were talking about. I would love to check these out. I'm probably going to forget a lot of them. I wrote down some of them. But that would be a great place for us to kind of look at some of the themes of this. So, and then also, I have, through just playing online a lot, I've decided I don't really like streaming because the performance aspect of it, it can be fun, but it is stressful sometimes. But I do want to play this and then do a campaign, um, uh, what do they call it? Like a review, I guess. Like I want to talk about like a session. Like I'm just going to summarize my session and be like, this is what happened. And this is what I thought was cool about it. And this is the direction I'm going to go in it. So, um, but yeah, I think, I'm, I think these are going to be the threat and then it's going to culminate into kind of a, a weird guy that has absorbed a bunch of people. And maybe it's also absorbed the, next bigger threat or i was thinking of having the actual big bad threat be um that that uh the mind flare tadpole that got too big um i don't even know the let me look at that one i'm gonna go to my other window here and see if i could find the uh what is that called that mind flare tadpole on D, &D beyond D, D beyond everybody totally uh helping us out sources game rules collections um nope marketplace tools counters counters mind flare um oh what are they called there's a you want mind flare Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The big mind flare worm. I don't know what it's called off the top of my head. Oh man. It's gargantuan though. If I just search by size. <laughs> oh, and it would be an aberration. I guess I can do the filters. This makes for great content, guys. So good for you. Uh, Underdark. Ah, the Neothalid. There we go. I should have looked at chat. You guys had it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So this might be too strong. Let's see. What's the challenge rating 13? I think this could be a great uh, end, end boss game or end big bad evil guy at the end. And I'll make it a little more sentient than it is here. Um, but boy, I like this idea of this being like the actual thing that they create at, or go at the end. So 
So this could be a lot of fun. Um, and I think this is an interesting monster to, uh, maybe this is what happens to the, uh, the Keladros after they've ascended too much or they've absorbed too much genetic material or something like that. So, um, yeah. And I don't know, I kind of like this and they could meet some interesting people maybe these uh guys actually i had the fun idea of um someone from the clan being like there's something wrong with my brother and he's just like there's nothing wrong with me my sister's crazy i need you guys to let me go and they're like no he's acting different and it turns out that he actually has a parasite in his head and when they um kill him kind of like the thing style like when they actually take him out they're just like oh my gosh he was a parasite could anybody be a parasite it'd be kind of cool so create a funnel situation. Um, yeah, <laughs> could be kind of interesting. So that's what I'm working on. I've, I realized that I, I like to run a lot of pre-written adventures. I don't, I haven't created a lot of stuff on my own. Um, and there's a fun writing aspect to it, but I think this note card system is going to help me create my own adventures in the future. And I think, uh, I think I, I will have like a fun mind box of information to pull from for writing and other things in the future. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been fun. I've been working with Lex on um, a project called the Battle Cubes. He wanted to write an adventure for his 5B system. And so I was helping him with some of that, with some of the random tables and stuff. And it's just really um, interesting. Ooh, throw in an Etten Ceramorph in your party. That's kind of cool. But I was, it's funny, I was talking to Lex too, and he's like, I like running adventures that are made. So there's a whole group of us out there that like to run pre-written adventures. There's something, um, and I don't run them like by the book. Uh, like I'm going through Perils of the Purple Planet right now. We played last Sunday, and that campaign has changed a lot based on what the characters are doing and things that I'm like, I don't really want to deal with this, so we're going to do this. Um, but that's the beauty of it is like i have this this template this skeleton and plangia is really really good about that uh one final thing before i think i take off uh because i feel like i'm just reiterating myself over and over again is that with plangia um or with campaign settings in general i was listening to between two cairns podcast which is by far a better podcast than this one you should go check it out but they were saying they don't necessarily review campaign settings. They just review uh, adventures. And that's because campaign settings are so, um, they're, they're not an adventure that you're like, you can kind of pick apart like this worked or this doesn't work when you're adventuring it because it is this idea, this playground that you get to play with. And that can be poorly written or like better written, but the idea is hard to, you know, like what am I to say, like a prehistoric D&D, &D, like that sounds like a dumb idea. Well, yeah, if it's written poorly, you're kind of like, I don't know, but like the idea could be really cool either way, you know, D&D in space. Like you say that and people are just like, whoa, that, what does that mean? But then the campaign setting, you're like, I don't know, but you can, you can, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And they were even saying um, on the Between Two Cairns podcast that like a lot of the, both of them just like to read campaign settings for fun because you can get a lot out of the factions and the different uh, 
the history and how everything interacts like what makes this point in time interesting to play a campaign so um yeah in the news uh i should say in the news of, of dungeons and of dragons and various other rpgs um there is a uh oh, sorry the uh Fandolin, the shattered obelisk is coming out um very soon uh Fandolin shattered obelisk so fandelver haha <laughs> fandelver and below the shattered obelisk um it is coming out soon i don't have a preview copy um but i wish i did because it has lots of stuff uh i will say that i think and i was going to talk about this with lucian on the next time he'll he's able to be on the show but I feel like they dropped the ball with this because the Shattered Obelisk, and maybe we'll see more in 2024 about the obelisks, but like they set up all of this netherese kind of what have you. And then um, this is not involving Vecna from what I've seen. They're kind of just like, yeah, no, these obelisks are here and we're going to gather parts of them and try to rebuild this obelisk. And there's like a mind flare thing. So it feels like, kind of feels like Descent into Avernus, where Descent into Avernus was a pretty cool adventure that they forced to have it be in Baldur's Gate to have a video game tie-in. And this is like, we're forcing the mind flares onto this obelisk netherese thing we created to kind of be in, to tie in with the video game. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there's a lot of references to Avernus in Baldur's Gate 3. And so maybe that was on purpose while they were kind of combining the two. So we'll see. Um, but uh, the alternate cover to the Shattered Obelisk is really cool. So there's that. And I think that uh, if I do pick it up, I want to go pick up that. I'm not sure if I'll run it. Um I don't know, but I really want it. But regardless, I do have early access on uh, D&D Beyond. I'll be reading through it, and then I'll probably make my next Obelisk Conspiracy video, which is less fun now because it's not a conspiracy. It's just straight up like we've been we've been planning this. So lots of Far Realm stuff, um, which the Far Realm's cool. I think my Parasite things will be from the Far Realm section of, of Plangea, which is probably going to be the underdark like the further below you go the more you get into where the far realm actually starts so um but yeah that cover is super dope uh thank you guys again if you want to follow on uh the discord and ask questions and stuff i'll try to answer things there um i'm really excited about plangia i don't know when we're gonna start but it's probably gonna be on a um i think we're gonna do like a saturday morning or saturday afternoon campaign or a sunday morning campaign just because of schedules and childcare, it's hard for me to get it's really difficult to just get three hours to play a game that coincides with the availability of all of my friends to come over and play a game um but my game room is coming along nicely i am gonna get some more lumber to build the shelves that i want on the back wall and it should be fun uh Thank you guys for watching. Thanks so much for hanging out. I know this is kind of funny because it's a, it's a solo show, but I really appreciate you guys coming out and chatting with me. Um, and I, all the podcast listeners, thank you guys so much. I will check you guys later. 
Um, and I'll see you guys all in the next episode. So, see you.